good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being in the podcast today. It's such a joy for me to be able to come with, uh, come to you each day and give you a devotional thought from the Word of God. It really is something that I look forward to. Some people think it's a drudgery or something that is laborious to me, but uh, I find that it's very relaxing, humbling, and, and really uh, hopefully helpful to those who tune in and listen to the podcast every day. Uh, And so I want to give you, share with you some of those things that have been particularly a blessing to my own life and my own heart, and I'm going to do that exact same thing today. The passage of scripture that I want to share with you actually comes from the book of Titus chapter 2 in the New Testament, in which we are told in verse 11, the Bible says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, That passage of Scripture has been such an inspiration to many of God's people. It's been a motivator for us to continue to walk faithfully in serving the Lord. Uh, though this past Lord's Day, I had the opportunity to preach on end times and in particular on the catching away of believers known as the rapture and and to think also all of the uh, second coming of our Lord. And I mentioned the fact during the message that uh, we are a people of the book, the blood and the blessed hope. And that's where we get that blessed hope from is in Titus chapter 2. If you're a believer today, if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're following in his footsteps, then you are one of those who's looking for the appearance of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. I think that many people today, even believers at times, have lost faith in perhaps the hope of his second coming. Those that are not solidly grounded in the Word of God, that is particularly so. But I want to remind you that the Bible tells us, and Jesus does in His own words, that the second coming of our Lord, according to First Timothy chapter, excuse me, First Thessalonians chapter four, and other passages, that the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to return as he promised his disciples that he would when he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, that that promise of returning to take his own to himself is on the same level as the death, burial, and resurrection, factually, uh, as, as, um, as the Lord rose from the grave. It's the same weight. It's the same significance for every single believer, uh, our belief in his second coming. Now, the phrase second coming is a term that most every believer is going to associate, of course, with the the glorious return of the Lord Jesus. Uh, But I think the nearest we come in terms of Bible vocabulary or Bible statements is the wording in the Bible is in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, where the Bible says, uh, He will appear a second time. Now, there are three words. If you were to take a Strong's Concordance or look it up somehow on your Bible software, and I encourage you to do so, make a study of these words. But there are three primary words, three frequent words used to describe Jesus' return. 
that really uh, gives you a, a better understanding of what's going to happen. One of the Greek words that's used in the New Testament is the Greek word parousia. It is generally translated coming. Uh, that's a word that describes Jesus' return. A second word would be apocalypse. It's a word that actually is the title of the last book of your New Testament. It literally means an apocalypse is revelation. Uh, and then there's a third word that describes Jesus' return, and that is the word epiphany. We speak of people having epiphanies at times where the, it's like the, the, the cartoon is of a, a, a light bulb going off over somebody's head. But the word epiphany actually refers to something that appears and appearing. Now, if you go back and you read in the Old Testament, because those were New Testament words, but if you read in the Old Testament, the scriptures in the Old Testament don't necessarily make a distinction between Christ's first coming and his second coming. It does make a distinction in, in calling the, the end of time as the last days. The Old Testament has a great deal to say about the term the last days, which really identifies the time period between Jesus' resurrection and the time of his second coming. Uh, or some people would date that from the time of Christ's incarnation when he was born on the earth and the second coming. But in any case, the New Testament, after it goes and tells the history of Christ's first coming, is absolutely full, makes preeminent, really does magnify the certainty, the absolute certainty and the, the imminence in that it could happen at any moment of Jesus' second coming. Scripturally, there is nothing on God's prophetic agenda that needs to be fulfilled uh, when it is a reference to the end time and the Lord's second coming. The Lord's return is actually mentioned so frequently in the New Testament that it's mentioned over 300 times in the 260 chapters of the New Testament. Uh, it's mentioned in every New Testament book except Galatians. Um, and on the eve of his departure, Christ literally comforted his disciples with the promise uh, that he was going to return. He gave, he gave them this certain hope, and the apostles then went out and preached it as a matter of calling for urgent action. Uh, they taught its daily reverence that the way we live our lives and the choices that we make uh, is always to be done with the understanding that the Lord's return could be at any moment. Uh, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, that I preached on this past Lord's Day. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and so on. And he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, so that when I come again, I will receive you unto myself. Acts chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, and then Second Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. All of our practical Christianity and our discipleship walk with Christ is to be tempered by the fact that the Lord could come back at any moment. I'm also reminded that this is a great inspiration and motivation for us to serve Him faithfully. And, and I believe He's given you that challenge as well. I want to talk about that challenge a little bit more in the next podcast, but I want to encourage you today. What would you do different today? Uh, if you knew that the Lord was going to come back in the morning or in the middle of the night, 
Uh, you have no idea, but that that could happen at any moment. I know I can't wait for the time when the Lord comes back and receives me unto himself. And I hope you do too. Let it motivate you. This life is such a brief amount of time in this existence. And we look forward to that time of spending all of eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll look at that a little bit more in the next podcast. God bless you. Walk with Christ.